Welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. In this episode, we recap the last two men's basketball games. We interview Marco Anthony, and we talk a little bit about the head coaching situation with the men's football team. They clear out for Merrill. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Oh my goodness. Five coming. Long. Blown coverage. Shot. Blown coverage. Touchdown, Utah State. Walking in is Aaron Vaughn. Blown coverage. 43 seconds left. Utah State back in front. Well, let's get started. Uh, like I said, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. I'm extremely excited for this episode of the podcast where we did interview Marco Anthony. I actually conducted that interview a couple days ago, and so it might be a little out of date with the time, but it was awesome. Marco Anthony is a great guy, and I'm sure you guys are just excited to, to listen to him. But before we do that, let's get into some other things real quick, including the men's basketball team and our loss to the BYU Cougars. So we played BYU last week and it didn't go as planned. We lost by three and it's extremely frustrating being an Aggie fan, uh, men's basketball fan, seeing that we've lost to BYU for so many years in a row now. And it just seems like a mental hump that we cannot get over. And it did it did honestly seem like a, a mental issue because we lost by three and we came out of the game uh, storming. We were playing well, playing hard, uh, and then it just slowed down. We let BYU get open shots. We let them hit those shots, and we went into half actually down 10. Uh, BYU was th- had scored 39 points to our 29 points. And then in the second half, we came out on fire. Uh, we were shooting. We were playing great defense. Uh, Brock Miller hit a big three right to begin the half. And the team was working. The team was was working hard. And you could tell they, they really did want this game. And we honestly played great in that second half. Our defense was phenomenal, I believe. I, I heard Coach Smith say in the last in BYU's last 17 possessions of the game, they didn't score a field goal. So they only scored um, off of free throws. And beyond that, we actually held BYU to less than a point per possession which in college basketball is extremely good. And normally, if you're holding people to it underneath a point per possession, you're going to win that game because that means that your defense is doing great. We we held BYU to 28 points in the second half, but in the end, we just could not get the job done. Marco Anthony was fantastic down the stretch. He was fantastic in the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game. Marco Anthony was definitely my player of the game. And he's kind of the one that that got us on this, uh, you know, this comeback. Uh, him, Rolly Wooster hit some big free throws, and it, it was really feeling kind of good. Kada hit some good some good free throws, and we actually tied the game up with about four minutes and fifty three seconds uh, to go on a Marco Anthony missed on a Marco Anthony layup, excuse me, and so. I mean, after that, our defense was phenomenal. And BYU would not score another field goal for the rest of the game besides 
when it was a tie game at 61 to 61 and we got them late in the shot clock we were playing fantastic defense and then they kicked it out to connor harding like his third made three of the freaking season and of course it goes in and that was uh it wasn't a dagger but it was extremely frustrating so yeah i mean you look at that time between one minute left and four minutes left and there is just nothing going on it's just fouls and missed free throws uh we had a chance to go up by two marco anthony missed two free throws we had a chance to then go up by three sean Berstow missed a three-point jumper we had another chance to go up by three roly wooster missed a three-point jumper and um let's see we ended up fouling them they made a free throw that got them to 61 then Nemius got fouled, and he only made one of those, so he only got to 61. And so this whole time in the second half, we are competing, but we just can't get over that hump. We just can't finally take the lead, and then they do. They take that three-point, you know, they hit the three-point jumper. Roly Wooster does a fantastic job coming down the stretch. He makes two free throws, so we're only down one. Uh, they make only one of their free throws. And then once again, we're down by two. Roly Wooster with a chance to tie the game. He only makes one of his free throws. And that was pretty much it. Uh, you know, with seven seconds left, we had to foul him again. Roly Wooster did get an opportunity at a three-point jumper, but could not make it. And that was the end of the game. So if you just look at it like that, that was kind of the recap of the second half and the recap of how this game ended. Basically, we were doing great, great scoring opportunities. Uh, everything was looking fantastic. And then it just slowed down completely. We were playing defense phenomenally. And then on offense, we just could not get anything done. And uh, honestly, guys, I'm not going to sit here. I don't want to sit here and complain about the refs. If you watch the game, the refs were absolutely atrocious. Uh, I used to ref basketball back in, you know, a few years ago. And there's a saying that's don't take a dump in another ref's toilet, which basically means if you are a ref, you are assigned a certain position of the court, portion of the court that you're supposed to watch and look over. That's where you're calling fouls in. So if I'm underneath the basket as a ref, I'm not looking, you know, at the top of the key or way up high because there's another ref up there with a better viewpoint than 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 me. Um, I'm looking at underneath the basket, you know, what's happening when people are going up for shots? Are they getting fouled? Are we getting clean rebounds? You know, what's happening? And there were like three or four times in this game where I believe he's he's the head official, that the very top of the key, so almost at the half line, he would come down after a call and talk to the refs underneath the basket and then reverse the call. So for instance, uh, there was one where Justin and a BYU player were fighting for the ball. It clearly went out on BYU and the ref underneath the basket clearly called it out on BYU. However, this dude comes chugging along from half court and somehow he saw something to overturn it? You look at the video and it's plain as day that Justin won that ball and it was off from the BYU player. So that's just one example. Another example is Sean Berstow does a fantastic job of getting in position to get a rebound. He gets underneath the guy, goes up, grabs the rebound, and comes down with it. He's in front of the guy, yet the dude at the very top of the key calls over the back on Sean Berstow. So there was stuff going on like this all game long, just these questionable calls, these questionable offensive calls. It was it was truly a joke. Even with that, BYU had more fouls than us because they were actually fouling us. 
And it was very frustrating to watch. And the only reason why I bring this up is because the last, I think, 30 seconds of this game were so important. When Roley had a chance to hit both free throws and tie the game, he actually was shooting the ball. So he got fouled as he was shooting the ball and he made the shot. But of course the ref waves it off. So instead of it being an and one and a chance to go up with a free throw, it's now you have to make both free throws to tie the game. Okay, well, what else? We played fantastic defense on an inbounds play that BYU had. They had to throw it the full length of the court. Their player caught it, took three steps, then stepped out of bounds before then dribbling it inbounds and running away, yet the refs didn't call anything. They said it They said it wasn't a travel because he didn't technically have possession of the ball because he was bobbling it. So in my mind, I don't understand that, but so can I just bobble it down the court and not dribble? Beyond that, he stepped out of bounds. It was clear. There's video of him stepping out of bounds and the refs, instead of deciding to just, you know what, let's just look at it. Let's just go to the camera. Let's just look at it. Instead of doing that, they just make the call. Nope, it's a foul on on the Utah State Aggies. There's no turnover. Clear as day. Easy to see. That gave them two free throws. And then we had to go down and hit a three. I mean, obviously, either way, we still would have had to make a shot. And it's a big, big, big possession. But there's a lot of this stuff going around out there that's like, yeah, the refs sucked. But Utah State had our opportunities. We deserve to lose that game. And yeah, maybe that's true. I mean, we did not score a field goal for like four minutes left in the last, you know, of the second half after being phenomenal on offense. And so, yeah, I guess, I guess that's us to an extent. But also, when it comes down to it, when there's a minute left and it's a tie ball game, you need to make plays. Make plays like, I don't know, getting an and one, making the bucket, make plays like, I don't know, playing fantastic defense and forcing a turnover on the inbounds play. Utah State was making the right plays. We were making the right plays and we were playing hard. So it's very frustrating for me when people say Utah State didn't deserve that game. Well, we kind of did. We played great down the stretch. If it wasn't for our offense, it would have blown them out. So I'm sorry. That's more than that's honestly more than I wanted to get into in this game. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the player contributions. Uh, not only in this game, but just kind of, you know, the, the whole season up until this point. Uh, last night, we also played the College of Idaho, and so I won't get too much into that. It was a blowout. We did beat them by, I think, 27 points or something like that. Uh, Marco Anthony did not play. Uh, Kata played. Wasn't too good, but also I don't think we were really trying to, you know, have him be too good. Uh, we did beat them pretty handedly, and so, you know, our, our team can play. Our, our team can definitely play, and it's just frustrating to to have some of the biggest games of the schedule so early in the schedule. And you know, it's a mental thing. You got to win those games, and I understand that our team needs time to gel and, and to work together, and, and it'll happen. I I think that the ceiling on this team is humongous, and so there's a lot of fans out there saying this is the worst Coach Smith team ever. And honestly, dude, shut up. Like you don't know what you're talking about, man. We played four basketball games. And three of them are against potentially division winners in like, so I don't know. It's, it's frustrating. I'm just as frustrated. Trust me. I want to win these games, but at the same time, you got to give this team time. Uh, Coach Smith wasn't there because of the coronavirus, So he wasn't there to coach the game. 
I think if he would have been there to coach the game, maybe things would have been a little bit different from start to finish. You know, but at the same time, you can't look at that and just think what if. So you can really only look at at what what are we doing right now and how are our players performing. So let's kind of get into that. And and I'm just going to get into the BYU game. Um, Nemius Kata was phenomenal on defense. He held Matt Harms, who, if you know anything, he was this big Purdue center. BYU got him as a transfer. They were saying he's the next NBA talent. And the dude, honestly, he's just big. He doesn't have a lot of skill. He's just kind of big. Uh, he was 3 for 11 on field goals. He shot, no way, he shot six three-pointers. I didn't even see that until now. That's terrible. And he only had eight points, three turnovers. So, honestly, this guy, I mean, not the best. And and But but Nimi, Nimi held him down. We'll credit Nimi for that. Uh, Nimi's kid was also the game-leading scorer for the Aggies with 18 points. Uh, so, that was great. He also held in eight uh, rebounds total, three offensive and five defensive. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Nimi was good. Nimi was, Nimi was what Nimi is. Uh, I think, you know, talking a little bit about game plan and, and people also asking questions of why we lost down the stretch, it just seemed like we kept forcing it to Kata. And unfortunately, that night, his little hook shot just wasn't going in. And you have nights like that where it's just not going in. And you know, credit their their big guy for for playing good defense, but at the same time, it's just not happening. And so I think what we were trying to do was force it down low to him, hope for a double team, and then Kata could kick it out and we get an open shot. But they didn't need to double team him in that in that instance. They let their guy just do what it what he did, and, and Kata was just missing shots. And so I think after one or two possessions, you gotta you gotta switch. But it seemed like we didn't. Uh, Marco Anthony was red hot. He was obviously the most athletic player on the court. Uh, you know he w- he was great hitting floaters, driving, getting to the lane, getting to the free throw line. And I I loved how Marco Anthony played this game. And I just wish if we could have done one thing different is to just let him cook at the end right there. Um, you know, once again, this this guy's got handles, he's athletic, let, let him go. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But once you try that thing with Nimi, it just slows the game down. And if we and if he's not hitting that shot, it's he's not hitting it. You know? And so I don't know. I I, I wish we could have switched that up a little bit. Uh Marco Anthony did have 17 points this game. Roly Wooster had 15 points. And uh, Justin Bean only had six points, only one field goal. So that was a little alarming, I think, out of Justin, especially this year. We we were hoping and, and are still hoping to get a little bit more scoring out of him. You know, against the College of Idaho last night, I think he had like 23 points, which is, you know, more like it. But at the same time, it's the College of Idaho. So uh, what Justin lacks on his offensive contribution, he's making up for, obviously, in his rebounds, uh, he had six offensive rebounds in that BYU game, seven defensive rebounds for 13 total rebounds. And uh, yeah, he, he played the game well, played great defense, but we just want to see a little bit more offense out of him. And, and he knows that. And, and you know, it's not like these players are are satisfied with with where they are and what they're doing. These players know that. They, they want to get better. And so to all those haters out there, to people just bragging on the team, just please shut up. Come talk to me in 15 games. You know, come talk to me when we're looking at conference play and and we're really trying to see where what what type of a team we are. And you know, these these games are big, and we we gotta win these games, especially for the future of the program. We need to win these games. But as of right now, next game matters. That's all. That's all that matters. And so we just need to focus on that and and continue forward. A a big problem right now with the Aggies is our bench play. 
Uh, our bench only contributed five total points in that BYU game. And so if if you have to have your starters in that whole time, they get tired on offense, they get tired on defense, and it, and it's difficult. Uh, so we need to have a bench that can come in and make plays. Sean Bairstow got 18 minutes, which is which is great. Uh, unfortunately, he went one of five from the field goals, only had two points. But he, he was doing great on defense and was just kind of giving the the energy boost that we needed. And honestly, when we went on the biggest runs was when Sean was on the court. So credit to Sean Bairstow. But yeah, we got to see a little bit more. Um, and we did. Last night, Stephen Ashworth had a, a fantastic game. Uh, he was hitting great shots. He was making tough shots. Uh, he was passing the ball well. And we love to see that. Trevin Dorius had a great impact on the game. Fonzo Anderson. So honestly, our entire bench looked really good last night against College of Idaho. However, that's the thing. It's it's against College of Idaho. So uh, I haven't even gotten into it yet, but this next Saturday, we will play Weber State. And Weber State is 2-0. They haven't really played anybody of notice. They've got a few transfers this year. And so they're kind of this dark horse team. And that's honestly kind of always Weber State. They're always just there. So I do believe it's going to be a good game. It's always a good game when we play Weber State, or usually a good game when we play Weber State, and it's in Ogden, so it's in we- at Weber State this Saturday, so we'll see. Uh, that's, I think that's a big game for this team moving forward, you know, a big identity game to see where we're at. I don't know why Mark Anthony didn't play against College of Idaho, so hopefully he plays on Saturday, uh, but if not, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go, and we'll see how this Aggie team does, so... That's kind of the recap of Utah State basketball right now. I'm sorry to, I, I talked a lot there, got out of breath a little bit, but um, it's frustrating. And and we're all in the same boat. We all want this team to succeed. We all want them to, to, to do very well. And once again, I think that the potential or the ceiling on this team is ginormous. I really do. I think that this team has the potential to be a lot deeper than last year's team. We just got to figure it out. Uh, right now, if you if you watch our offense, it just kind of feels like we're we're just forcing it, like we're in in mud. It's just slow. It's every nothing's coming easy right now. And as a fan, that's hard to watch. And you know, I'm glad I'm not Coach Smith because that's hard to coach as well. You know, how can we move the ball to get better open looks? And you know, hopefully we'll we'll, we'll find out soon against Weber State. I know that. Uh, just watching, it seems like we we really try every single possession to force a layup and to get it down low to either Kada or a cut to Bean or or a drive to the hoop. And, you know, if that's our team, if that's the athleticism of our team, so be it. But I do believe that we have a better three-point te- shooting team than, than we show. I mean, we only shot 15% from three against BYU. We only made two threes, and that's almost unheard of nowadays in college and the NBA you know, you got to make three-point shots. But at the same time, a lot of the three-point shots that we had, they were contested. They're, they're tough. And so we got to find a way to get open shots. We got to find a way to just get the ball moving and, and flowing uh, rather than just forcing it every single time. Because honestly, like I said, we look like we're stuck in mud when we set up our offense. And so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, guys. Don't worry. We will figure it out. And I'm so excited to watch this team going forward. Uh, you know, these first four games are kind of a reality check you know you're one and three so yeah you're also you're the back-to-back Mountain West champs but at the same time you're one and three so what are you going to do about it and I believe that this team will rebound I believe this time literally I believe that this team will bounce back and uh, I think that they'll be good so 
Enough about the team. Let's talk to Marco Anthony. So once again, this was an interview that I recorded um, two days ago. So it's a little, you know, if there's a little future tense or past tense used in that, just ignore it. Uh, but we had some good, a good conversation with Marco Anthony, and I think you guys are going to be pleased to hear from him. So without further ado, here's the interview with Marco Anthony. All right, Marco Anthony, thank you so much for uh, for joining me on the podcast today. Um, I've been looking forward to talking with you for a while. Uh, we've been, you know, friends here back and forth a little bit, and so I thought it would be good to have you on the podcast and ask you some questions. Yeah, for sure, bro. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So first off, how you doing, man? How you liking Logan? I'm loving it here. It's a nice, nice little town and, you know, it's been chilling and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Where, where did you do a lot of your off-season work? I mean, with all the corona stuff happening, I had to, like, work out at this church. I forget the name of it, but. <laughs> in yeah, Logan or somewhere else? Here in Logan. Here in Logan. Oh, in the Aztec? Yeah, the Aztec. There the you go. Aztec, man. That church is famous, bro. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Right on. So were you able to go home, like go home at all? Uh, yeah, I went home for whenever like the outbreak happened, the season ended. I went back home and we were told we had to come back like mid-June. The day after my birthday, I had to come back. So. Oh, that's brutal. At least you got to be home for your birthday though, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right on, man. <laughs> well, so I guess my first question for you, kind of, because um, you've been here now for you know a year and a half. You got a good feel for for the yeah. town, good feel for the team, Coach Smith, stuff like that. But my first question is, what brought you to Utah State in the first place? Um, well, Coach Smith, he was at South Dakota before he was here, obviously. And, um, you know, he recruited me kind of heavy out of high school, but then I ended up going to Virginia. But two of my guys from back home, they went and played for Coach Smith, South Dakota. And so when I, uh, when I announced I was transferring, and Coach Smith and Coach Peterson, they reached back out to me. And so I just asked my guys, I was like, how's Coach Smith as a coach? Because my biggest thing was like, I want to go to a coach that's like completely honest and that like, he's not just selling you a dream. Yeah. yeah. And so they was like, yeah, man, whatever Coach Smith is saying, he's authentic and he's not, you know, he's not lying to you or anything like that. So that was enough for me. And then I came over here, I visited and it was like a whole big family here. And I saw, like, how crazy everybody goes for, you know, Aggies, the herd, and all that. So, yeah, man, we like our basketball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That, well, that's cool, dude. I actually didn't know that story. Um, I didn't know it was, like, mostly Coach Smith that had already recruited you out of high school. So, man, Coach Smith, dude, we got a, we got a lot to thank him for. He's a good guy. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, so now that, now that you've kind of, you know, you've been on the team and you've kind of gotten games into the season – yeah what are some like what are some things that you're proud of like that you're doing well right now and then maybe a couple things that you know you wish you could be improving on I mean um the biggest thing for me is just the team I feel like although the record doesn't really show right now we've improved every single game and like I just remember like after those two games you look at the outside world everybody's freaking out and <laughs> yeah it's just crazy but you know, we just got to uh, learn how to play with each other more. And I feel like that's happening. And we're, uh, we're just going, you know, we have momentum with us right now. Although we lost against BYU, but we took a lot of good things from that. And so I just feel like we're about to be on a really good 
really good run coming up. Yeah, I actually totally agree with you. I feel like the the ceiling on this team is extremely high. And I think that yeah. just the, the the different playing styles that everybody has that we didn't have last year, you know, I think it just makes sense that it's going to take a lot of time to mesh. You know, you guys aren't just a team that's going to be okay with going out and hucking up a bunch of threes, you know. You're going to want to set up your offense, yeah. get things going, and that takes time, you know, to develop as a team. Yeah. So are those kind of the main things that you guys are working on in practice? Just just team ball and, and working like that? Or, you know, how does what does practice look like right now? Yeah, for practice, we're just really – I mean, like before games, obviously, we do like scout stuff and all that, going over what um, the other teams are going to do to us and what you have to do to stop them. But on other days, we really, you know, like we're trying to work more and – increasing our pace and keeping that pace up. Because if you saw, like, the beginning of the game, um, just the way we play it, that's how we want to play all game. And then we stopped, like, at the, at the end of the first half, and that's when BYU made that run. And then, you know, second half, we, we had that pace for the whole 20 minutes, but unfortunately it wasn't enough to, you know, get us over that hump to win. Yeah. I mean, there were some – we'll just call them external factors in that game, too, that – <laughs> that, that kind of tipped the scales, but but I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, so does that pace, does that, you know, begin with with defensive rebounding and then pushing it to our guards, or how do we like to push the pace? Yeah, it's really – everything really starts on defense for us. I mean, we get stops. Uh, we're very – I feel like we're a very fast team, so that just creates easy buckets and easy opportunities for us. But even if – uh, they happen to score or something, we could still push the pace, push the ball up. But, you know, pace on both offense and defense is really huge for us. And um, it's proven that it works. Yeah, no, I, I think it's totally true. I think what I've noticed from the beginning of the season so far is that basketball is a game of runs. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times when we can, like you said, you're pushing the pace and we're we're getting good offensive buckets. And then there are times where mm – -hmm we're not you know and I think that's what's yeah. that was that was a big you know from a fan outside looking in that was a big worry kind of in the first couple of games is yeah. seeing teams being able to go on runs without a an answer on offense however yeah. I I think in the northern Iowa game and now the BYU game we've seen multiple times where players like yourself you know Brock's hit a couple of big threes or, uh, you know, Kate has slowed the game down where players are actually stepping up on offense and making yeah. the shot to kind of stop those runs um, yeah. on those, on those, in those games. So I can totally see what you're saying there. Um, so I got a couple questions about yourself. I know that you are a fellow sneakerhead. Yeah. Um, I got a few pairs myself, but how many, how many sneakers do you think you, you own? Let's just say like hooping shoes, like hooping? Straight up, yeah, that, that you'll hoop in. In my in my locker right now, I have. I'm gonna give you the exact number, but I just gotta. Two. They're all filed away in the in the memory. Yeah, they're. Um, Sixteen. You're already up there, bro. I have about twenty-two pairs in my locker right now. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And you're from Texas, right? Yeah. So you just got some plug down in Texas, or how does that work out? Nah, I mean, I wear a big, like, I'm a size 15, so it's, like, it's kind of hard for me to find shoes. But if I come across something on 
like Nike, eBay. eBay is big for me because, you know, um, yeah, just stuff like that. And then I just happened to luck out and get some. The sneakers app never works for me. I hate the sneakers app, man. Yeah, I, that's, that's not a good thing for me. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. It's just stress for no reason. But yeah. So you just kind of. Nike and eBay. Definitely. All right. I feel that because yeah, I've I mean I played with you a couple of times. I've seen these sneakers you got, and they're they're crazy, man. Like I I've got a good amount in my collection, but I think I've only got like two or three pairs that I actually hoop in. Um, yeah, obviously it makes more sense for you to have some some more hooping shoes. And I don't even ask you how many like personal shoes you have to wear because I don't <laughs> want you have to give out those deets, man. You're gonna become a target. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But that's good, man. So here's another question for you, real quick. And this one, I don't know. It might be an easy answer. It might be kind of hard. Who has a higher vertical jump, you or Justin? Bean. For reals? We, we tested it out, and I have a 40, and I think Bean has like a 43 or a 45 or Goodness something. Goodness gracious. That, is that the highest on the team? Yeah, Bean has the highest one. Bean has the highest. I know Sean gets up pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think me and – Sean, me and Sean have the same, or Sean has a little bit higher than me. No way, man. But Bean is like, Bean's is crazy. Yeah. No, he is the he is the weirdest looking athlete, bro. Because you look at him and you'd have you'd have no idea. And Bean's one of my good friends, so I can I can yeah. say this about him. You'd have no idea. And all of a sudden he goes out there and he's windmilling three sixties, just doing all these crazy things. Captain America, bro. Captain America. It's Captain America, bro. I like it. I like it. Um. So when are we going to see a Duncan game then? I mean, I'm trying. I was, really <laughs> trying, I was really trying to get one at BYU, but every time I came down, it was just 7-3 right there. Yeah. Had to adjust a little bit. But I feel like one's coming. One's coming for sure. Yeah, no, I feel that, man. Um, I know when Nimi got his couple of dunks in that BYU game, that was big for the, for the student section. Everyone's getting fired up. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, dunks help. Yeah, for sure. So let's see, going forward, I know that, you know, you've been a guard where I think the team expects you to be very, you know, very good offensively and defensively. Um, but to be honest, I don't think people expected you to have the offensive skill set that you've shown. Uh, you've been able to get to the hoop very easy, it seems like, you know. Um, you've been able to yeah. put up really good contested shots and still get them to fall. Is that something that you've been working on a lot recently or is that something you've always kind of had in your game and do you expect to kind of you know build outside in going forward or yeah I mean um when I first got into college my biggest thing was like you know going up against guys that was 6'10 6'11 I never really played that I never really played against that in high school and so like I would just always get blocked like, oh really I would always get blocked so now I'm like, yo, what is going on? And then, um, Ty, do you know who Ty Jerome is? Uh, I've heard the name. I've seen him on Twitter, I think. So yeah, he plays for the he plays for the Thunder right now. He's like Marco, bro. You need to add a you need to add a floater to your bag. And then like, cause his finishing was like the craziest I like was the craziest I've ever seen. And so like, yeah, after he told me that, I just really worked on different types of finishes and stuff like that. And so, um. That really helped me out. And then, yeah, working outside in, trying to be more consistent on my shot. And I called Curry, but 
<laughs> he kind of left me on. Uh, Let you on red? Yeah, so that didn't really help out. But That was brutal. It's just, it's just getting a lot of reps up. I just got to continue to do that, and everything will just uh, come over time. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think as a point guard, you're you're distributing well. You're you're playing, you know, great. And so, um, I honestly, you've been a, a great addition to this team, and I'm so excited to see how you play and how the rest of the team plays moving forward. So the uh, the schedule looking forward, it's kind of weird. Uh, we play two more, or I think three more games right before. Uh, conference play starts. We go against College of Idaho tomorrow night, Weaver State Saturday, and then I believe uh, Dixie State. So let's kind of skip, you know, past those games real quick. And I don't know if you've looked at a lot of the conference schedule, but there's a lot of just the, this back-to-back games where you guys are going to be going to yeah. San Jose State in that same week. They play us here in the Spectrum. And so that's, that's something new that they've done with COVID. How do you expect that's going to be, uh, you know, making those adjustments the day after pretty much? instead of having, you know, a couple more weeks to think about them? I think it – you definitely have to be more prepared because say you beat that team the first night, they're going to make – they may make, like, a 100 adjustments or something crazy like that. So, you know, it's definitely going to be hard beating a team twice in a row. Yeah. And so, like, it's hard if you blow out a team and then – like, you just kind of had that feeling of looking them off, like, oh, we're just going to blow them out again. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably the hardest thing, but just staying staying aware of the situation and just knowing, like, what you're doing it for and what, like, how much you need that game. Just staying yeah. focused everything. Everything will really take care of itself. And it's probably pretty, you know, exact opposite as well. If you lose that first game, yeah, you got to fire now that yeah. and, and you've, you've seen what you can do different you know i i imagine there's gonna be a couple of little brawls maybe not brawls but a little yeah like if tension if tension ends in that game and then the next game you play them again yeah Anyways, quick rivalries quick rivalries well yeah so we'll see how uh san diego state we'll see how that happens but um marco thank you so much for uh for taking the time to to talk with me man no problem bro is there me. uh is there anything else that you wanted to get off you know, off your chest or talk about to any Aggie fans or anything personal you got going on? Um, I would say just to the people stressing out there, just relax a little bit. You know, we're going to be fine. Uh, that's really it. I mean, we're just going to keep getting better. So, Cool. Yeah, right on, man. Well, Marco, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for talking to the Aggie fans out there. Uh, I know we're, we're really excited to, going forward. And trust me, the Aggie faithful, we know. We know what's up. We know it takes some time, and, uh, you know, we're not freaking out. I think a lot of people see back-to-back, and they just expect it to happen again. Mm. But it takes time, especially when you're losing a player like Sam Merrill. It Mm. it takes a lot of time. So thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and uh, go Aggies. Yeah, go Aggies. Appreciate you for having me, bro. So once again, thank you to Marco Anthony for that interview. Uh, Hopefully we'll bring you guys some more player interviews. I'd like to get some coaches' interviews And we are going to be bringing up our Instagram a lot because uh, we want to be more interactive with you guys. We want to be able to send out, you know, ask us questions and and we want you guys to be involved. We want to know who you guys want to be the next head coach of the Utah State football team or what you guys think of Utah State's performance against BYU. And so be on the lookout for that, the Breakdown Sports Podcast uh, with the Statesman. 
I'm sure I'm going to create the Instagram here in a few days and just be following a bunch of people. So give us a follow back. We're going to post those interviews, some videos of the interviews, and uh, hopefully get some highlights on there as well. So once again, follow that on Instagram. We'll give you the specific handles here in a little bit. But for now, I just wanted to end talking a little bit about Utah State football. Uh, We do play Colorado State this Saturday. That will be the last game. To all the seniors that had their senior night the other night, uh, I know this season did not end as you wanted it to. However, if you are a true senior, you've had a lot of ups and downs as an Aggie. You've been able to experience some of the highest of highs and now some of the lowest of lows. So treasure that. Take it with you going forward. Uh, We thank you for, for your contribution to Utah State football and and we wish you the very best moving forward. Uh, senior night's tough. Senior night is, it's always tough, especially when, you know, you lose and especially when the season's a losing season. But hopefully those guys can brush it off and, and keep going forward. So thank you to all the seniors out there. And uh, against Colorado State, we'll see what happens. I, I don't even want to get too much into it because <clears throat> I think we know what's what's going to happen or at least what's expected to happen. But I did want to get into this. Uh, KSL tweeted last week, that the following people have interviewed, have already interviewed for the head coaching job at Utah State. And so some of these people I talked about, some of these people I didn't. So first of all, Jay Hill, that makes me extremely happy to know that we have interviewed Jay Hill. Once again, he's the head coach of Weber State football. He has led them to great success in the FCS portion of football, of college football. And yeah, I think I think that everybody really likes him. He's a great leader. I think he's a great recruiter. The only question there is, you know, can he recruit FBS players after being in the FCS for so long? Uh, We also have interviewed Jeff Grimes. This one kind of surprises me. He is the offensive coordinator for BYU football right now. and, And yeah, BYU football's offense is having a great season, but they're also playing cupcake teams. And that was exposed against Coastal Carolina when their offense honestly stuttered and the only touchdowns they had were were kind of just big plays uh, that were either bad tackling or just broken plays. So uh, you guys know I love to, to talk trash on BYU, especially when their football team loses. They think that they are God God's gift to humanity, and they are clearly not. But yeah, so Jeff Grimes, his offense hasn't really been fantastic the past couple of years. So I don't know. Make of it what you will. Maybe he's some offensive genius, but at the same time, his offense looks great when they're playing cupcake teams. It doesn't look so great when they're playing anybody even decent. So so we'll see what happens. Uh, Frank Miley, the current interim head coach at Utah State, was also interviewed. I love Frank Miley as well. I hope that he can get that job. If he doesn't get the head coaching job, uh, you know, hopefully he can stay on the staff as a, as a defensive coordinator or something because I love Frank Miley. Uh, the guy's a beast. And then... Two people that I wasn't really looking at, but Willie Fritz, the head coach at Tulane. Uh, I would be disappointed with this hire, to be honest. He's an older gentleman, and he doesn't have that great of a win-loss record. I think he's about even. Maybe has two more losses than he does wins. And so I don't, I don't know. And then Sean Lewis, the head coach at Kent State. Kent State has been pretty relevant the past few years in um, in football. And so I believe we actually played them in in a bowl game a few years ago. But yeah, I mean I mean Kent State, they're they're a good they're a good program and and who knows what we what we could see out of that. We we'd like to see it. They're they're in the MAC conference right now. They're second in the MAC East. So they they've won good games. They've lost some some good games as well. And 
yeah, I mean that that might be a good hire for Utah State, but we'll see. I honestly don't know enough enough about it to to have that big of an opinion. But for now, those are the guys that have been interviewed for the head coaching position. Maybe there's been more since last uh, that tweet was sent out. But Utah State and Aggie fans, I just want to thank you guys. You are the best fans in the nation. Uh, I love you so much. I love being an Aggie fan. I've been one for so long and will continue to do so. That's why I did this podcast. And so, once again, if you have any input, feedback, or whatever it might be, feel free to send it my way. I'd love to hear it. Love to, to talk with you about it. And be on the lookout for that Instagram starting up soon. So hopefully we'll get that sent out to you guys. And thank you so much. So for the Breakdown Sports Podcast, my name is Cole Noel, and have a great day. Go Aggies.